0: This is episode three of the Get Fishing podcast and... It's a bit of a special one. We've got my old buddy Hassan Khan on from Nash Tackle. Uh, Hassan has become a big name in angling over the last couple of years. Uh, We're going to find out a bit more about him, how he got into fishing, where he's from. A bit more about the man himself. And I'm really looking forward to it because I've known Hassan for about two and a half years. And a lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about, I don't actually know myself. So it's going to be a good one get fishing is the angling trust campaign to get more people fishing more often we're funded from the environment agency from a fishing license income and our exclusive retail partners are angling direct right hassan khan here we go we're going to go straight in now the funny thing is we tried to record this two days ago. We had a technical nightmare and I'm praying the gremlins have gone and we can go straight into it.
1: How are you, mate? Let me turn my video on.
0: Oh, we're, we're actually recording a podcast. We're doing better
1: than last time. I'm not going to talk about last time, mate, because certain someone had an absolute shocker. I did my hair. I got myself <laughs> mentally prepared in the zone. And you had an absolute stinker. But hey, that's you don't why it's get not that a Nash either.
0: tackle, do you? You don't get that a Nash tackle. You're looking quite good, Hassan. Are you are you the only person in Great Britain that came out of lockdown looking better than when you went in?
1: Oh hey, Joe Wicks is a woman. When you've got two <laughs> nippers like mine who are active toddlers, you've got a missus who's active. I have done more exercise in lockdown than I have done collectively throughout my whole life. That is including (laughs) a marginal, very frivolous, average tennis career as well. Did did you used to play tennis, did you? Yeah, so before, well, I always angled, obviously, but um, yeah, yeah, I I played and had my own coaching business before the world of angling and working in angling came to be, mate, yeah. So, like, yeah, it feels like a different lifetime ago.
0: We've learned something already, Hassan, and we're going to go on to how you... Because, I mean, I don't really know how you sort of got into angling. And obviously, now you are the presenter of the second best fishing podcast. after the. No, no, no. I
1: was um, wondering how we're going to get <laughs> <it> down this. <there. laughs>
0: um, but but we, I would like to know how you got into angling, obviously, because obviously a lot of people listening to this podcast are sort of new to fishing. And they might not even know who
1: Hassan Khan is. How dare them? People who are actual anglers don't know Hassan Khan is, mate. Nobody knows who I am. Only I my parents I mean, and I'm... sometimes my missus. I think she doesn't really know who I am. But like, <laughs> yeah. But I, I'll gladly tell people the story. Apologies to this, bores the life out of everybody, um, and people just don't want to know. But yeah, like obviously, I think mine's probably. My yeah, my journey into angling. Oh, that sounds deep, doesn't it? It We're going in deep. Yeah. Going <laughs> <laughs> deep. Um, it, it's probably not textbook at all. Um, it's not the quintessential. I yeah, my dad went, so he took me, and no, uh, I was born. Um, yeah, completely obsessed with fish. Really. Um. My mental health's always been in question, Jimmy, <laughs> mate. Um, yeah, I, my, I, I mean, I obviously got very few really early memories, but uh, my mom, bless her, um, used to go to Asda, um, the fish counter, and buy, like, taupe heads and bits of fish <laughs> that were left over. And I used to, like, mess around with them, tie them to little toy rods, chuck them on the lawn. um there was some serious amount of foxes in our garden in Leicester back in the day at the end of a summer's day of me chucking those fish heads around. you know what I mean? (laughs) But I don't know what it was um, and no one can really put a finger on it, but no one in mum's side of the family um, fished. Dad's side of the family, like my dad uh, is from Afghanistan, like big family, but again, none of them were anglers. Uh, Mum's family are all Leicester, but again, like none of them anglers either. So I was just born obsessed with fish, mate. Um, really weird, myself.
0: though, isn't it? I, I spoke about this on episode one, but um, I'm very similar. My dad was actually an angler, and I presume he took me sometimes when I was young. But there's my mum's got pictures of me so three years old in the back garden fishing in like a bucket with. I don't even think there was water in it. So I was like obsessed with fishing. Like, obs- but I don't know. There is no reason for it, and, and people will ask. There must have been something. I don't know. I just think I was obsessed with angling. I just don't know where it really
1: came from. That, yeah, it sounds so similar. Mate. I think even to this day, and I say to people, and I, I'm fortunate in that I, I get to take a lot of people fishing for like the first time. I have a load of mates who are like, oh, what are you doing? And when you explain to your job, they go, all right, then let's go. And you take them. But there is a, a point at which without that influence from somebody external already does it. I think most anglers... You can't tangibly explain it, but it's just inside you, isn't it? I don't, I don't know what I don't know what it is, what connection you're looking for, or, or what it is about underwater fish or whatever. But it's just in you, and you continually have to sort of feed the habit, um, not a illegal, horrible habit but like a good one
0: <laughs> this is the most serious conversation we've ever had has isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm trying I'm,
1: I'm trying there's a reason that at the start at the start of my podcast there's a disclaimer to say if there's any bad language and you don't like that sort of thing go away basically says that so no um yeah it's serious mate very serious i like i like a bit of first time it's nice do you remember about
0: four weeks ago i called you up with my seagull problem <laughs> oh
1: my god mate did you sort that out
0: <laughs> this is dear listener i don't know why i i still don't know why i called hassan about this problem but a baby seagull had fallen down it was outside the front door i was locked in the house basically and the mum was attacking me um and it was like quite vicious and it was like proper attacking me and vomiting on my face and stuff the mum um, so, for some reason, I called Hassan to explain the problem. Hassan's from Leicester.
1: <laughs> Not really much of a seagull problem, is there? I mean, I, I'll tell you what, originally from Leicester, but now I'm in Manchester, and my sort of seagull uh, handling has improved. There's a few more about. <laughs> but in terms of general expertise, I'm right at the bottom <laughs> of the scale if you've ever got a problem with a seagull. Um yes. What wrong did you do,
0: to call. What, what did you go for? Well, in the end, we had to... Basically, when I called you, I was at the point where I was seeing how much rations I had in the house because I thought I was just going to have to live there forever. Yeah, um, you were a I,
1: breaking point,
0: but, let's <laughs> be honest. Um, but what I did, I called at the council. The council said we don't really deal with seagull problems, right? So that didn't help. But I managed to get a charity, and I wish I could remember the charity's name, but I can't. But a lady came out... With an umbrella, <laughs> and that is how you deal with it. You open it. she had a hard hat on and an umbrella. And she said, if you've got an umbrella, then the mum might attack it, but you don't get covered in all their vomit. They actually vomit and with real good accuracy and like screeching in your face and like vomiting in your face. The mum seagull. I've never seen I've lived by the coast for six, seven years. I've never had this. I don't know. It was like a mad mum. Um, but the charity Mate, it sounds out.
1: like she'd been on a big coastal night out do you know yeah what
0: I mean? <laughs> it's a brighton's down the road i think they have be on a or something i don't know
1: that's like that is a walk of shame if you're walking around with like a hard hat and an umbrella mate that's i i, I would have just got being a carp i'd just got like a spam or a bunch of boilies and just started chucking them and they would have gone mate would have followed them and eaten them i guarantee <laughs> you they all do that if
0: you had given me that, if you had given me that advice that time, that would be, could have been something I'm going to try because I did have
1: a few kilos of boilies. I'm, I'm pretty sure, like in the grand schemes of sort of seagulls, I think at the top, it doesn't matter about babies or maternal instincts. If you spawn some boilies out or <laughs> chuck a bit of bait in, they'll follow it. They'll they'll sack off their own kids for that. They don't care. The
0: problem is if you live in the middle of a town centre and you're spawning boilies
1: out into the next house, it's just a bit odd, though, isn't it? mate it's all right you're near Brighton mate there's naked cycle rides and stuff it doesn't really matter Jimmy you can do what you want mate I love the fact that you know that you've researched that haven't you all
0: about <laughs> um, so um, when um, our paths sort of first crossed, it's about two two and a half years ago now, unbelievably. But you were at Angling Direct, weren't you? And we actually yeah. made the Get Fishing. Well, it was you that I called to ask about making the Get Fishing uh, sort of Angling Direct packs. Um, you sorted all that out for me. I think I gave you like 24 hours, didn't I, at the time? <laughs> Hassan, can Classic. you sort this out? Oh, oh, yeah, can I have it done by tomorrow afternoon? <laughs> uh, I'm in a certain creek. Uh, I've got no
1: paddle.
0: Help. Uh, <laughs> um, but, I, but I think from when your time angling direct, were you there, what, a couple of years, three years? I think I was there about four years. In were total. you really? Um yeah, I think so.
1: I could be wrong, mate. Three or four years, I think, around that time.
0: I think, I mean, from that's the first time that I started seeing your name was, I think it was all your AD lives. I think, yeah. is that fair to say? Was that the thing you, that sort of elevated you up into the angry, But I know you had been doing lots of
1: bits and bobs um, before that, but do
0: you think that was the thing?
1: Yeah, like in terms of, I mean, I'm not elevated, mate. I'm still very much ground floor. Just <laughs> let's get this right. Um, but in terms of probably what led to my position at Nash and, and in that sort of circle um, was just like the advent and influx of social media. I, I, I worked. So this is post selling the tennis coaching business. I worked um, in some schools uh, locally. I moved up to Manchester, got married to my Mrs. Laura. Like we were settled here in Manchester. So I, I worked at some schools um, as like a housemaster enjoyed it but didn't really see it as a long-term career but all that time and throughout my whole life i've been i've been fishing and i i did i was very fortunate that carpology the the magazine um at the time um basically would, would were looking at really pushing the digital side of stuff so magazines as we well know now have sort of dwindled they're still out there there's still some online ones but Carpology were probably, well, they are the best in terms of switching on to that whole digital social media revolution that occurred. So I, I did some sort of presenting products review stuff and some short sort of top 10 tips writing for them. Um, so I've got to say a huge thanks to, to Joe, Rob and Abby who were there at the time who gave me that opportunity because they basically said, film a video about spawn." And I just sat there and chatted absolute rubbish. And they went, well, yeah, why did not we do it and send them to us? So I was doing sort of presenting, but but mainly sort of product-based stuff and then some short bits of writing for them. I then said to them, after a short period of time, I said, like, probably about a couple of years, I said, look, I, I, I want to do this as a job. I was always a bit apprehensive to, to work in angling because I didn't want it to kill, like, my passion for fishing because working in something... Is a bit different so but then I was like no nah, it's been there throughout the whole of my life it's been a constant and I want to try and make the dream happen and they said look we don't particularly have anything right now but there is a job for social media manager at Anglin Direct which are local to Carpology Magazine or Norfolk based and they and they are it's a position that I think you, you do well at we're not going to hold you back from applying I applied the rest is sort of history and I sort of got my first if you like full job as in not part-time as in doing it full-time salaried at Anglin Direct as social media manager so the first thing I did probably and where I sort of got known was sort of hit social hard it had, a, it had a social media following set up by Chris Collins it was quite small it was quite a expanding rapidly but still quite a small company at the time I think there was sort of six shops um, and the way that social media went yeah facebook lives every week i did with various different anglers as well as my Todd on the banks. so i was always out sort of fishing different disciplines across all sorts of angling which were yeah they were incredible um i learned so much just being out there and uh, it might have been terrible to watch and follow but i really enjoyed going out <laughs> fishing every week i um, think it,
0: i think you brought a massive amount of life to it i just think I mean, everyone used to watch the lives. I used to watch the lives. I don't really watch that much sort of content, but I, it was just interesting. Even if you had a guess that I wasn't massively interested in, it yeah. just looked so... I think it was real, wasn't it? It was real, and for yeah. some reason just sat there and watched. Oh, so I watched that for a few minutes, and then like 20 minutes later, you're there watching it. It's just a bizarre thing how it worked. It was just worked. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, I'd, what I wanted to do when I got there is it's quite commercial, there wasn't there was always a sort of a feel that everybody had about it being like Tesco's like Mm -hmm. basically some big multinational conglomerate coming and crushing the sort of angling industry which it wasn't it was just the nature of the time and business and how things were moving but the most important thing I think about angling is the fact that it's relatable to all anglers we all love just talking absolute rubbish on the bank and I think all right ad live had a lot of fishing information in there and stuff but it was mainly about getting out with people and enjoying the fact that you're out on the bank um doing what you love and, that, and it was as simple as that mate there was no pretense to it there was no like whatever it was a load of information and i'd get different people on who are incredible anglers far better than i'll ever be in their chosen discipline and people who wanted that sort of depth of information we you can't really beat it from the horse's mouth and at the same time we had a good laugh and genuinely sort of yeah. Yeah, probably sort works. of showed
0: ourselves up for a day. So before, but like, but Carpology, when you started doing those little videos, did you hadn't ha- have done any presenting before that? That was your first role. So no, not out of the angling world.
1: That was just your first presenting you ever did. Yeah, no presenting, mate, not at all. Um, I, I don't think um, there wasn't really any opportunity. To, I think it, I sort of, my whole life has been like, even outside of Chris, I've just been so lucky. And timing wise, I've just been so lucky with that. Like, there was no social media, there was no opportunities to present. I was sort of in that first wave of people, like social media manager, when I got the job four or five years ago at Anglin Direct, probably was one of the first positions within Anglin that had that title. It probably wasn't a job.
0: I Funny, I'd done it around, I think it was eight years ago, and I was went into an office of, it wasn't within angling, it was sort of um, more other stuff, but I was in an office and everyone was like, what, you've employed someone to do social media? It wasn't a thing, like, Yeah. yeah. Like now, every single person that goes to college is doing digital marketing, but people don't yeah. realise eight or nine years it wasn't even a job. It wasn't even a job in massive big companies. It's just weird how life's progressed so quickly.
1: It's but it's also like, and I say this to a lot of people because obviously I get a load of messages like saying, "How do you work in angling?" Yeah, work, that's the biggest yeah, one we get here. Yeah, <laughs> Oh like, yeah, it's a small industry. It's hard, but angling the angling industry is so different to every other industry you could possibly work in i've got mates who work in like uh, film production like decent producers they work in all sorts of different media avenues there's nothing like angling you and and through my course of time at ad there was people who came to the business from a non-angling background um which had like a different skill set like far more sort of technically um analytically sort of yeah, informed than, than, say, me and anybody else who worked there. But fundamentally, you can't really, it's hard, you can't teach somebody, like, angling, do you know what I mean? Like, the ins and outs of, like, what a conversation is like with an angler, what it's like to be an angler, you you can't really sort of gauge that. So, yeah, I mean, I was so lucky that that is the industry, because if it was like, if I was trying to present, I don't know, daytime TV, unless I was dressed as, like, Mr. Blobby and saying nothing, it wouldn't happen, would it, mate? Let's be honest. Do you not, honest, think, you know do you not
0: think you could do, you could change you know, over to mainstream, no? N- look at me. <laughs> look at <it's> me, Jimmy.
1: <laughs> you've got, love got me huge You've nose, got children's TV.
0: the no, you've got good no. hair. It's hot. Mate. Your hair's got higher, hair, hasn't it? It's That's the,
1: the caffeine, mate. It's growing it as we talk. <laughs> Have you always had your hair like that? I can't remember a time uh, about it. Mate. Let's uh, This is a fishing podcast Mate not hair No joke. am joking <laughs> um, uh, I don't know I'll just do my hair I'll do my hair mate My hair grows like um, This is a really old reference So apologies to people Who probably don't know this But like It's more like Hey Arnold right, Like <laughs> that cartoon <laughs> yeah. it Grows like American football I don't get I, I get a little bit of height And then all of a sudden It starts going wide And that signifies I need a haircut
0: I'm only so jealous, buddy I'm jealous mate. man I have to
1: wear a hat on that now
0: Look it's all going mate there's nothing wrong with that low maintenance, mate. That's what it's all about. I wish I cut my hair short. I had terrible hair when I was young. It was all like curly long and, and I had it bleached at one point. I looked like it, just an idiot. So I think it's that uh, it was like someone telling me that I should have had short hair the whole time, really. <laughs> that
1: um, sounds good, mate. Curly long hair is um, yeah, mate, that's all right. That
0: is. Oh, uh, it wasn't it wasn't fastable in 1998, that's the problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, mate. Carve your own niece, eh? it's like Baywatch. <laughs> I'm not the half, mate. I'm never going to be the half. The half.
0: <laughs> well, you sent us some pictures. Um, we're going to get back. So basically, well, you're angling direct. Let's go back there because so you you, yeah. were very, you, you became successful there. You've done very well there. And Thanks. was it about a year ago you ended up at Nash? Was it a year? Probably not a year. Yeah, I sort of,
1: sort of took the wrong turn on the drive to the office and ended yeah. up down in Essex, mate. Um, yeah, so I start. When did I start with Nash? I started with Nash November last oh. year. So sort of in between, maybe at the point of lockdown two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> whatever lockdown it was. Um, so I started in November last year at Nash. Yes, I did. Yeah. That is correct. And it was.
0: A bit, it must have been a big decision when you're doing well at any job. To move to a different, I know saying that, and I mean Nash is obviously you're a, a carp angler and you're into. And Nash is such like a massive big brand, isn't it? It's um, you would probably jump at the opportunity, but you were doing very well where you were, so you know it is it is a decision you've got to make in your career, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I d- yeah, I don't know if I've ever been sort of um, like I don't know too overly like motivated by like status where you are in your career or whatever like I think there's always a point for me where I'm quite happy to move when I feel that when I feel that the time's right to move Mm. I think when I left AD or or the the decision to make at AD if you like was was I feel that I I'd done as much as I could there with regards to what I had to work with I think In order for me to achieve what I wanted to achieve, I'd need more in terms of investment, more of a team to sort of push it on. I sort of started to feel that it was relatively, it was getting to a point of stagnation. You were doing the same thing um, and there wasn't really the the chance to to sort of push on with what I wanted to do. The the AD story, I took the job at, um, as I said, as I, as I left car apology, took the job, Darren Bailey was in charge, CEO, absolute brilliant man, him, um, and, and Stuart Downing, like at the time, like obviously brilliant. Like I can't thank them enough as well. They pretty much sat me down and said, look, what's the plan? What do you want to do? What, what are your thoughts around, around AD? What can we do? We want a media presence. We want social media. We want to grow it. And they did, like, went from six shops. So I think when I left, there was 34 shops yeah. in a big online business, and we were into Europe, and it had floated on the stock market. So there was so much change, so much investment. But they were so supportive, and we worked to a sort of a, a, a long-term plan. And we were in the last year of that long-term plan, if you like. Things had gone well. And then there was a change in sort of ownership, a change at the top, if you like, and... Um, and the plan and that sort of whole thing was there. It was definitely would have carried on. It would have worked. But for me, I just felt we're there now, realistically, with how things are and, and the direction that things want to go in. Is it going to be a point where I'm going to be able to, to push on and look for another five year plan? It's not. So it was the right time for me to look elsewhere. Like I'm again, the job at ADI had so many like links to every brand because I went out with. People from the brand that you talk to them day to day is such a small world that it was a case of opportunity wise there was opportunities there and it was the right time for me to take one. Um, so it really wasn't like a massive decision. I mean, it was a, it was a weird time because of COVID and stuff, but it wasn't like a massive. It felt quite, it felt really natural um, in a weird way, um, and I think I think that helped me because. I just sort of knew it was time. Does
0: it sound weird?
1: It sound weird no,
0: to me? I'm no, one, 100%, mate. I've been very similar. I've left some um, big... Well, when I came to work in Angling, I was doing quite well. And it's like, now I'm going to go and have a go at Southern And everyone's like, really? You tried 10 years to get, like, where you are. You where, I was on Talk Radio, and, and I was on with Penny Smith on Saturday and Sunday mornings. i would be working in local radio for 10 years, like, dedicated your whole life mm. to get to national radio. And I got there, and after a couple of years, I was on Good Money, There was people making tea in the morning and bringing your breakfast and cutting out your news stories for you. Like this, I had a, you know, it's brilliant. Um, And then I thought, I've I've had enough of this now. I want to go and do something. And everyone's like, really? (laughs) This is it. This is what you wanted. This is what you're obsessed about. And then I thought, I'm going to go and we'll try and get a job in angling, which is... um, but then I I just thought that I had to do it, and um, I'm really happy. I just I just really like fishing. I was obsessed with fishing anyway, so you might as well just do something that you sort of like in life, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd have never have worked um, touch wood. I'd never work outside of angling if I could help it, just no. because you love it. There's nothing like it. Like, don't get me wrong, there's bad bits, there's good bits, as there is to every job, but generally, make the pat outweighs the the good and you don't do it for you don't do it for the money like no. i've got i've got a good mate who is a social media manager at manchester united and like i think that's the whole media budget at ad do you know what i mean like just <laughs> wages. so like you don't do it for the money but you do because you love and it's your passion and, and and it's what you want to do so yeah for me i've always been a bit like that it was time to go um Nash, I love the boys. I get on with Alan, Kevin, all of them. I met them through my time at AD and spent spent some time with them fishing. The role uh, and, like, my life now, it's absolutely, like, I couldn't ask for a better fit. Like, I've got two two little girls under sort of four, four and th- nearly three, um, and then number three on the way, a little boy. So it's easy. Yeah, yeah, mate. I didn't know so, that. Congratulations. Nice one, mate. So Laura's like, what, seven weeks away or something? We decided to go to Cornwall next week, so that's going be <laughs> interesting. But, um, you might yeah. have a Cornish yeah. baby. <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, so uh, let's hope we don't go back with uh, yeah, three kids in the van. We're left with two. Um, so yeah, so it, it's busy. Obviously, I'm based up north, but in terms of Nash, they've been supportive of that. My schedule, I can work to my, to my sort of around life, if you like. And um, I definitely get to be at home in this office editing, as you can see behind I, there. I'm I um, just looking at that because
0: I know for a fact that a year ago you didn't know how to edit anything,
1: and now you've I got an editing
0: open behind you. Is it Premiere Pro on behind that's you? That's just for show, mate. <laughs> I, I outsource it. I ain't got
1: yeah. clear what that is. Have you had to learn all the editing then since you joined that Yeah, and I think that was another draw to the job, really. Like, um, I um. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm old, but I don't feel like I'm old just to sit there and not learn and develop myself. And I think um, as things have gone on with, with social media, with video and all that sort of stuff, with regards to the industry, it's becoming more and more prevalent and popular. Uh, it was, I needed to, to learn to do that. I can take a, a good photo, but in terms of video, in terms of editing, I hadn't touched that at all. I had a team of, I didn't have a team, I had two videographers that would do that. Now I obviously film and edit the podcasts. Oh, you film well, it. There's no one filming yeah, it. You've got the camera set up for yourself. Film yeah, mate. So, so Dan Yeoman's his media manager. When I took the job, he pretty much gave me a whistle stop tour. And, and it's not hard to film, it's free static cameras. Like yeah. so I'm not <laughs> bloody, I'm not Spielberging it. You know <laughs> like it's not that hard. But he, he he's been brilliant and like bless him. Like him, Alfie, Henry and all the boys. at Oh, you know what it's like when you get like, and I felt like a proper muppet when you get like a, a newbie comes in and it's like, <laughs> uh, mate, what what size does this have to be? Uh, I've filmed it, but it's all blurry. Uh, how do I do this on the edit, mate? Like daily, they must have been like, what? Have You're at taken Nash Tackle.
0: You're at the Nash Tackle. This big podcast.
1: You're really. <laughs> What oh, does the red bad. button do? <laughs> Honestly, mate, bad. Really bad. I actually... You know, when you feel cringy, you know it's bad. But those boys, like, were like, oh, yeah, no, it's fine, mate. Well, I'll take as long as... I, I was ringing them at, like, nine o'clock on a Saturday night saying, my podcast won't export, help me! It's got to be ready. And they were like, nah, like, don't worry, Hassel, we'll sort it. They've been absolute lads to the very core because I was poor. But now... Um, I would say I can quite calmly, quite collectively and quite well organised in terms of a fashion, film, edit, a podcast, churn it out and put it on the Nash channel. Yeah. And they're weekly. So it's busy, mate. Yeah, it's, it's a quick turnaround. It's good. Well, at
0: least you've got nice cameras and stuff. Like, I'm here in my. Well, I call it the Anglin Trust South Coast Luxury Studio. It is my living room. With uh, <laughs> we've got a computer. We've got a light here. The missus's lamp to try and give me a little bit more light. I film every every video I've ever done is from my phone. It is, but it's sort of just freestyling it a bit, mate. That's what if, if that's what you've got and you ain't getting anything else, you make the most of it, don't we? Can knock up a podcast,
1: mate. What? what extra benefit would there be of putting this in a multi-million pound studio none like it's it's two blokes talking yeah. like yes it might look a bit sharper but essentially the context of what we're talking about hopefully not me mainly you <laughs> is gonna be what people are going to listen to so like it's the same as those ad lives mate i filmed it all on my phone yeah. like there's some great stuff on there. Sometimes I don't think it needs all that, like, production. No. It's about what's being said, isn't it? The rawness, the realness, and, and, and that's what people, like, hopefully, like. They'll probably skip this episode, though.
0: <laughs> no, this is the one. This was the episode <laughs> we were waiting for to, to, to
1: take us up in the podcasting world. Um, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Um, You've got loads of Anglin Trust ambassadors, mate, that are like... Yeah. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah. We're getting on the bottom of that list. No, you were at the top of the list just because um, I knew you would do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. <Yeah>. No
1: fee <laughs> very fee.
0: No, I honestly, generally, I, I, you know, I think you're one of the nicest blokes in fishing. Every time I've called you wow. for any help in the last two and a half years, even two and a half years ago when we didn't even know each other, and i hello, it's Jimmy from the Angling Trust. Yeah, mate, I'll help you out and sort it out. And I think over the last two and a half years, uh, you have come on massively. Like what you, what I see you doing now is you, I watch and I think Hassan's bang on it now. Do you know what I mean? Really bang on it. Which is, it is mate. yeah, I mean that as well. I think you're, you have you're,
1: you're doing really well, buddy. Well, mate, you're very kind. Like as I said, it's not like I wouldn't say it's a conscious effort. I think I've been lucky. I've surrounded myself with good people throughout the course of what I've done, and I think it's important to be. Yeah, a good person, like regardless of what you're doing. The industry's small, where you can help, you definitely can help. Like everybody who's everybody's seen that throughout the angling community is, is such a good one. And I think genuinely, if, if, you, if you're in the angling community, either work in it or, or you're a fisherman who's sort of, yeah, out there, if you're an idiot, you're pretty, well, you're just not in it. you could pretty easily found out and you're out of it. And I think, um, yeah, we're so lucky to do what we do. I would never take that for granted. And yeah, is uh, where I can help. I definitely, definitely will, mate. I
0: think, I tell you what, what you just said is what the 101 people that say, how would you get a job in the angling industry It is be a nice person, work hard, do listen, be a sponge, take it in and just
1: be a nice person, isn't it? Like, like in anything really. I think, yeah, definitely. It's, it's I can't, I can't emphasize how much, how small an industry is. It everybody is. knows everybody. It yeah. is like a, it's like a like a little family, really, and like despite the, the fact that we might work for different companies or or whatever it may be, it, everybody knows everybody and, and, and has respect for what everybody else does. There's no like I don't know, oh you work for corder, you work for Fox, <laughs> you work for... like it's fishing, we're all lucky, like let's crack on like there's none of that, but I think nowadays, with the fact that the industry's grown so much. There's a lot more money in it, fishing full stop. There's a lot more people doing it. Brilliant work from you boys over lockdown. Um, There's a lot of different groups in it, more ethnic people in it. Well, we're working that.
0: Yeah, this year we're actually doing... um, There's actually a National Inclusion Week on the 27th, and I'm working on some different things at the moment, actually, um, but there, as I'm going to different events and seeing lots of different types of people, men, women, gay, yeah. straight, bi I mean, I mean just like you know black or white, it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like anyone can go fishing. The, the the thing of an old man, old white man on a box is kind of uh, very dated,
1: which is some what a lot of people still think it is if you're not in the England world, I think. Yeah mate, but it's like yeah, it's just publicity and, and getting more people involved and showcasing that that's gonna that's gonna change that and it will change because fishing's quality, everybody wants to get involved. But but nowadays, as I was saying, with, with so many different groups being interested, so many more people maybe wanting to seek a career and a profession in it, you've got to have some sort of skill.
0: Do you yeah. know what I mean?
1: As I said, I was lucky, mate. There's no way I would have got my job now as social media manager. I haven't got a degree in social media, I've got a degree in sport and exercise science. Like <laughs> no way you're getting in so like yeah now you really do sort of have to have a skill um in terms of the angling industry but at the same time it won't be long i don't think before you can be a an instagram angling influencer yeah. and just fish as well for a living if you can catch loads nice work if you can get it buddy <laughs> do you think would you do it
0: I uh, to be honest with you. I mean, I I don't know. We always the grass is always greener on the other side with me. You always think everything's gonna be better, but really I quite like my job. It's very varied. I kind of we were speaking about the other day. I'm pretty much free to do Mm. different bits and bobs and meet new people. There's not enough. I mean, there's no secret. There's, I have to do pretty much a lot of stuff on my own. There's not really enough people, and I want more equipment. And I moan and I moan. Really, I quite like it all. Day. <laughs> it's quite nice, you know, making stuff happen yes. from nothing, from a, a complete blank canvas, and, and just to make something. So I, I think I'm quite happy where I am, really, mate.
1: Yeah, mate. I, I think, well, you've done a great job, mate. You've got a tough one as well. Like I said this to you before, you've got you work for the Anglican Trust, so you've got government funding and sort of... <laughs> proper, if you like, sort of government heads looking at what you do. You can't yeah. sort of... I, I did a podcast the other day with one of the Nash lads talking about how he put a maggot up his bum. You can't get away with that. Do you know what I mean? No way. <laughs> Couldn't do <No>. it, mate.
0: <laughs> um, Hassan, you sent... I said send three or four of your favourite fishing pictures and we were going to go over... Oh, them. I just
1: sent loads. i nice yeah, you sent your them, iCloud
0: library, library over, didn't you, really? <laughs> Um, there's a there's one here I don't know if you can see if you're watching this on YouTube can you see what photo that is yeah I can see that mate Um, so that you looking young
1: there and you've got a a, a common car Um, how young were you there I'm gonna say I'm I'm like 17 there mate I've gone to that's my first ever trip um, other than France um, to that's the River river Ebro mate in Spain Um, yeah my first trip solo no parents fly out do on your it. own at 17? I'm a Todd. yeah. There was, um, what was it called? Ebro Carp Club or Carp Club. Ebro. Mark Law, who used to write in Crafty Carper mm. um, magazine, he set up a guiding service out there. So it was like fly. He'd supply the tackle. You just bought like your reels and your end tackle. But I remember seeing, I can't remember what program it was, but I saw a TV show or an article in a magazine and I was like, right, I want to get there. I want to. I want to experience, I've always been like that, I think. I've always wanted to travel and experience um, different countries and culture. I think it's probably just my upbringing. But that's always been, like, something that I've wanted to do. So I was like, right, I've been to France, I've done that. Let's go, to, let's go to the Ebro in Spain. It looks brilliant. And I had a week out there, like Mecanenza, catching mega carp, big cats, and, and living the Ebro dream, mate. It was, uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. It was brilliant. Well, when did you get into carp fishing? Was that quite an early thing? So years are so hard, but I I pretty much started um, course fishing, went into match fishing, and being from Leicester, like I had a really strange sort of segue into fly fishing because you've got Rutland, you've got Pittsford, you've got Thornton, you've got Ibrook, you've got some incredible trout fisheries. Uh, And and I was, yeah, about different species and experiences, and I, I went fly fishing for a period of time. And then I was fly fishing on Thornton Reservoir, and I saw an absolute donkey of a common like i must have been i'm talking 14 at this point i'm not much older than that i'm still at high school i think last year of high school maybe um and i've seen an absolute donkey of a common come through and i've been like oh, yeah like that's big um you couldn't carp fish it mm-hmm. but i think through that i don't know through that sort of sighting of like you catch loads of trout or you catch loads of little carp and, and they're great and then you see something and you think oh and then I think I just like went carp crazy. Um, <laughs> there weren't any, there weren't any massive carp in Leicester, um, but there were big enough carp, like twenty pounders, in in various sort of um, small commercial waters that that I sort of got the carp buzz. But it, even when I had the carp buzz, like throughout all that time, even now I, I'm like next week, mate. I'm taking like my my sea gear, what limited gear I've got, to go and to go and catch some bass hopefully and some rats like i'm not i'm not i choose to go carp fishing but i'm not just the carp angler solely like i love it all um but that was the time between sort of 15 to sort of 23 24 where progressively my carp angling sort of was really yeah was more prevalent than any other species stuff that i did um yeah, I think it coincided with being able to drive and stuff like that. That's a big old cat, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at that pit. Is that from the same
1: river? Yeah, that's from the airbrush. That's the same trip. Just check out my Brazil shirt with 99 on it. <laughs> oh, That is a banger, isn't it? How old are you, Hassan? now? Oh, I'm not old, damn. I'm the same age as that. No, how old are you now? Oh, come on. How old come do you on. think I am? Me? How old I, don't, I, I am? can't
0: do it. I can't say it. You're <laughs> you like, got... when I can't you do got... it.
1: You gotta edit this out if it goes badly, but you go for it, mate. it. I am thirty-five. I'm thirty-six. This You're Sunday. Not. Mate.
0: That was I a am. complete. I didn't. I just pulled something out, man. That was that was a pressure moment because that could have gone wrong, couldn't it? But
1: I know, you know, and I know the viewers, the three, my mom and my dad that are probably watching this, that they know that if you if somebody asks your age, you shoot five years lower. As a point of like politeness, so yeah. you think
0: I'm forty? No. <laughs> no, I did not I, I I don't know what I panicked, and I just went for it, and, and I came out of it all right. Everything's okay. We're still friends. yeah, nice. The
1: show yeah, will nice. go I'll on. Take 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so thirty-five. Uh, so I'm 35, just th- so that cat. How big
0: is this catfish in this picture? That's got to be hundred and fifty pounds, isn't it? Well, that's hundred
1: eighty-two pounds. That eh? yeah, that's yeah, a big old cat. Biggest fish I've ever caught. Uh, no, not the biggest fish I've ever caught. No, Go biggest on, freshwater then. fish I've ever caught. One hundred percent, definitely. Hundred freshwater. I've not. I've, well, I've had a few one fifties and a few one twenties, but nothing really under Like it was massive. Uh, biggest fish I've ever caught, estimated because I didn't boat it. Obviously, uh, yeah, marlin, like estimated at five fifty. Oh, where did you get that? Um, so I went uh, to a trip to the Maldives and went out from the Indian Ocean and caught like sail fishing and, and one marlin so I've never I, yeah, done
0: anything lift. I've never done all that before and it's sort of I don't I, the thing is I love Great Britain I love British fishing I've never traveled really away I don't even go to France cart fishing with everyone I just love um fishing yeah. in the UK really obsessed with it like cart fishing in the autumn I just I don't know what it's like a really magical thing for me to do I don't know why and yeah. I'm, I just I just love it. Um so I haven't travelled, but I think there will come a time where I will sort of get out and about. It's, it's just it's hard to know what to do. But I'd like I seen you when you went out shark fishing down Cornwall. I've not actually done that either. Oh, do
1: it, mate. You're yeah. that, like you're not that far away. Like probably majority of my time um away from the UK fishing for stuff like that. So I've been real lucky. And then coming back home sort of and fishing a lot more maybe different species, different types of venues since going back rather than just the the sort of carp scene. Um, I've done that in recent times, and and I can see why you're obsessed with it. There's so much that you overlook. Um, But yeah, mate, shark fishing in Cornwall, like for for the blues, port beagles, and tuna, if you're really lucky down there now, oh, mate, like, it's something else. They they pull the absolute, like, string off you. Like, yeah, they're unbelievable. Like, and you can get them on relatively light tackle, they're really, like, easily accessible. Um, get on a boat and do it. You'll love that, mate. That's right at your street.
0: It is, mate. I, I must get down there. I must get down there and have a go. Um, you cast fire enough to have them off the beach, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I tried to cast fire enough to get them off the beach. <laughs>
1: hey, I've seen your stories, mate. You're pretty good on the old sea fishing, mate. I'll you up for some advice for next week. <laughs> yeah, you're off down the coast. Well, you didn't know what you are doing, do you? You're going down there with all sorts of Because every time... Every Every time I go to Cornwall, I get on a boat and I go blue shark fishing. So this year, I thought, I'll tell you what, instead of doing that, I will go and I will try and legitimately catch a ras or a bass from the shore to sort of give myself a little bit of credibility. I haven't got a clue, mate. I'm going with a bag <laughs> of boilers and three bolt rigs, And if something happens, <laughs> I'll be as shocked as you
0: I just, I, what I said to you the other day, I said, oh, the fishing shop, they're going to see you coming in. They're going to be rubbing their hands. The till's going to be open. Hassan's going to be just putting £50 notes over. Um, but we, <laughs> I'm
1: definitely not, mate. I tell you that now, I've worked in fishing retail, mate. I know the dark hole that is a tackle <laughs> shop. And if I can avoid it, I certainly will. Because once you're in there, mate, you can't help it. They might have have my wallet once I'm in there. What are you
0: gonna so? You're gonna have a little bit of go with float fishing with like a pipe float. Are you gonna have a go with that, like a
1: sort like of a yeah, or something? Yeah. So like. I'm I'm gonna go and get some ragworm only from the tackle shop. Ragworm and yes. uh, and a bit a of mackerel. Try a bit of mackerel. You've
0: forgotten so what I'm going I've to do you already,
1: haven't you? <laughs> I'm gonna do that. I'm sorted. I've got that. That's that's a plan of attack. But then, luckily, and this is very lucky, there is. Um, Matt Downing, who used to work for Nash Tackle, because I was yeah. in the studio yesterday filming a podcast and I mentioned to the boys that I was going down. Uh, and Tommy and um, Reedy, a couple of Nash lads, are going down today. They're actually shark fishing as we speak, mm. but they mentioned that Matt Downing, who now lives down there, mad brilliant LRF angler, loves it and lives very close to where I'm going. And I was like, okay, got on, got on Instagram. and went, all right, Matt, how are you? Bit of a random one. What do I do? Where do I go? What do you know? And he was like, right, Hass, I'll sort you out with a couple of potential areas that are bang on. And I was like, I'll show you how bad I can make a dead cert look. Just give me a... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully hopefully a bit of bass um, and, a, and a chance at a rats, um from a couple of places that, that he knows about. But it's who you know, isn't it, Jimmy? Do you know what May I mean?
0: I, as I said to you, each area... Like, if you said, right, I'm coming to West Sussex tomorrow... And I would know right. There's a, a northwesterly. It's going to be a bit choppy. Coloured right. We can get a ray, and I, and I know exactly where to go to catch the ray. Or if it's flat calm. Oh yeah, that's going to be no good. And go to a different area. But you just got to know your local area really. Just try. Mm-hmm. I do this obviously the match fishing, the sea match fishing. You go to these areas. People have been fishing there for thirty years. You've got no chance because they know exactly what fish is going to be there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true, mate. Local knowledge, yeah, you can't put a price on it. So, yeah, mate, I'll be in West Sussex tomorrow with you catching a ray. But
0: yeah. <laughs> well, um, t- I'm going to give you one more ragworm tip. Go and on. Th- this is a big one. This is a big one. When you go into the fishing shop, ask if yeah. they've got any dug rag. Because most fishing <laughs> shops, when they sell rag... They yeah. don't, don't tell anyone this. They sell... Um, it's farmed. It's all farmed in Holland, almost everything. And it's all farmed. It's not natural. So it's basically not very slimy, not very wiggly, not very good. If you sell right? dug, dug Rag has been hand-dug from the local area... And there'd be slimy, there'd be big things, there'd be wiggling around, and uh, you'll be ten times more chance of catching on dug rag than farm rag. Ten but times. I've more just made time. that up, but I would say probably <laughs> something like yeah. Uh, most people, when I started match fishing for the first year, I didn't know any of this, and I spoke to all the England boys and that, and they said, yeah, we wouldn't even turn up to the match, mate, if if we had that bait you're using. So, ah there we Doug go. Dug rag. Doug. You want dug? Hand, yeah, hand dug, not farmed. Farmed rag. If that's all you can get, go with it, because it's better than nothing. It's better than most other baits, really. That you know, instead of trying yeah. different baits. But dug rag is what you want. This is good, mate. I'm learning. I need
1: this in my life.
0: This is good. We're going to get out. We'll go out anyway in a couple of months, as we
1: said. Yeah, you need to to show me the ropes, mate. As I said, like, I've done too much carp fishing a lot and then a lot of, like, abroad venues on my travels and never really done these, like, billy bog. And also, I'm from Leicester, mate. Miles away from the sea, aren't you? Like, where's the sea? It's like a four-hour drive. Loads of tennis courts (laughs) there. That's a few tennis clubs, mate. Some good, if you... Hey. A very, very good county for tennis, even though it's relatively small, <laughs> mate. But nothing wrong uh, with Leicester.
0: I'm looking at uh, another picture. I know that that's Matt. That's Matt Woods, isn't it? With some perch. There you go. Personally, we've got your
1: higher ratings
0: right there on this podcast. <laughs> Matt Woods, you've got him on. Yeah, we will get him on actually. He's been, yeah, I've, I've been in contact with him quite a lot over the last two years. If but as you said, the angling industry, everyone just knows everyone, everyone, all these different brands, you just sort of meet everyone, you have phone conversations, yeah. emails, you know everyone, don't you? But um, then perch, do for beginner anglers. I mean, what how did you catch them
1: perch? So, Matt, um, and yeah, probably more recent years, everyone has sort of light law fishing has been has been sort of a a massive fad like not not a fad as in a bad thing that will blow away but a really good introduction that swim from sort of u.s law fishing bass and all that stuff and matt is an incredible law angler like the perch he catches are like well they're like nile perch mate they're ridiculous but he's a really really good law angler and we went um on a number of occasions we've been like light law fishing for perch um, drop shotting, light jigging, um, and we went um, to a couple of venues near near Matt. Uh, well, near um, where Matt works, which is at Avid Tackle, it's like Telford Way um, around there, and caught loads of perch, like on little jigs, little drop shots. And for me, it's such a like perfectly accessible bit of angling. Like sometimes I look at like, like the gear that I've got for carp fishing is ridiculous. It's a load of gear. It's on a big barrow. It can be expensive. It's, it's just a big bulk amount. You are normally going for long periods of time, but you can go drop shotting or light law fishing for like an hour. If you've got a bit of canal near you, you need a little light rod, a little reel with a bit of braid on it and, and a handful of laws, and you can walk all day. You can go and do that. Even if you've got like, I don't know, busy home life, the missus lets you off for like an hour or two, you're in. You're perfectly sorted. Like you can get it done. And it's brilliant fun, mate. I love it.
0: Yeah, we're going to get out. We're actually going to show you, dear listener, some of this fishing with Steve Collett. You know Steve, I
1: expect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: If yeah. you want a man for some light law fishing, Steve Collett, England manager, the there thought. we are. Yeah, he knows his stuff. I think he'll be all right, mate. He might get you one or two there, mate. I think so. I think he's a bit of a character as well, old Steve, isn't he? He's, uh... <laughs> Too right. That's what you need as well. You need, you need
1: characters. is what it's all about, isn't
0: it? I've got another perch picture here. Carl and Alex?
1: Yeah, the boys. What a pair of
0: lads they are, mate. They've smashed it, haven't they? I mean, it is remarkable, isn't it? I was looking, having a look on their YouTube the other day and you just look and you think, cool, that's a, like, like 10 times more than anyone else is
1: getting on views and stuff. With It's just like blown you think, up. You think it's a typo? It's absolutely yeah. different. <laughs> but to be fair, like those boys, uh, yeah. So I went out with them through Angling Direct. We filmed a little video fishing in like little streams and sort of through the winter um with them uh quite a nice little video but like they're just such like top lads their content is like there's loads of content out there like you can watch and it's all really good but their content is so watchable and they're such nice genuine lads like it's just yeah fair play to them everything they achieve the utmost respect and sort of um yeah hats off to them they've gone on their own they've they've really done a great job and um yeah they were Nash boys boys. they were Nash weren't they yeah so they started um Nash I think Alan spotted sort of their first few videos Al another one like mate I'm surrounded by so many unbelievable like people but like yeah Al spotted them quite young doing their first videos and and they and he sort of took them on they worked as part of the media team at Nash and then they decided which is a big call um to to go out on their own and try and sort of be the first if you like full-time youtubers and um they've smashed it and fair play to them they deserve it they're um i think their stuff is absolutely brilliant mate brilliant
0: fair play to them I'm, i would really like them to do me some little videos actually if they get fish i'm gonna try and get them on board in the next year or so just <laughs> trying to i'll chuck them another email actually because they're um they would be a real good benefit wouldn't they to oh, mate, they're, they're
1: like They are absolute boys. Like I'm sure they'd they'd sort you out. They know the bigger picture, and and they do have a lot of sort of sense of responsibility around their position and and the influence they have, mate. So they'd they'd, they'd sort you out, I'm sure. Um, I'm looking at another. This is a
0: tropical one here, look. Is it Thailand somewhere like that? I'm guessing. Can you see that? Oh yeah, I think
1: so, mate. Oh yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like a mekong catfish, mate. Yeah. As I said, like I've done a fair bit of like travels, and yeah, been fortunate enough to sort of. Yeah, catch a few crazy foreign fish. Um, yeah, but those things, mate. I think, actually, and um, um, this is not a shameless plug for the Nash Tackle Off the Hook podcast, although it is available <laughs> now, too. Um, but I um, I did a podcast recently with Jeremy Wade, another Angling Trust ambassador. Yeah. Now, uh, he said, uh, pound for pound, and he's caught some absolute ridiculous things, hasn't he? But he says, pound for pound, the old Mekongs pull harder than anything. Um and I'd say on sort of from the fish I've hooked on sort of normal, if you like, stand up and fight tackle, not from a chair or with a harness. They're just oh mate, you, 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 yeah, you just don't want to hook more than two in a day because you're done. What was old Wadey like on the podcast then, Hassan? Was he a nice bloke? He's a legend, mate. legend. Like, don't know, mate. I say it like just an incredible bloke. Like you know, you do podcast, you get to sort of you get an insight into like yeah. the life of some pretty impressive people. This is not one of those podcasts, but you know what I'm saying? He, like, what a life. Doesn't have a TV, didn't have a fixed address for, since, for like, since the last 10 years. Yeah. Like, travelled <laughs> everywhere, sacrificed basically what would be a normal life to, to me and you yeah. to go and catch these unknown, uncaught things that lurk around in fresh water. So intelligent, so articulate, uh, honestly, like, Fascinating. I could have talked, I think the podcast is like three and a half hours long, but I could have talked to him for about 12. It's um when that program first came out. I remember that first
0: series, and I was watching it because even my missus used to watch it, who has no interest in fishing. So it's like almost like a travel program, isn't it? Like a weird travel program. Yeah. The tra- but then you're learning about something that's eating people in a river, and you think, cool, oh, that's brilliant. And then at the end, he tries to catch it. It's like, what is this program? This has got everything. It was just like, whoa, who is this bloke and what is this and why hasn't this been on the TV for years?
1: Mate, he's like rock hard, Jimmy. (laughs) But you know when you think like, you watch like Ant Middleton, he's rock hard. Hey, and if I ever meet you in the street, please don't take this as me saying you're not rock hard. You are rock hard, SAS, but he's like mentally, to put yourself in that position, like away from everywhere for long periods of time, quite isolated. Some of the situations he's been in, um, I'll give you one I'm taking viewership away from my podcast here but I'll give you one like he was like held at gunpoint um, at a bar because he was talking to someone like to be put in these sorts of situations uh, it's just so out of left field like it's unbelievable like he's just he's done so well but like he's not in any way I don't know, like about fame or, or anything like that. He's just, he's doing what he loves and, and what his passion is, which is showing people things that that people really don't, you don't, we didn't know about that before River monsters, did you? Half those species, you know, you might have seen the odd picture, but he goes like, the, the, yeah, they know more about the sea than they do about like what's in some of these real deep rivers. Like in the Congo, it goes down to like like 150 foot. I think we were talking about something the other day on the
0: phone actually, but it's not a life that we could probably lead. We thought, sort of, you sort of think, oh, I would love to do that. But the dedication and the time away, you couldn't do it, could we? Because we've got lives and a misses and we love our fishing and we might go away for long periods of time or whatever, but we have
1: our life, don't we? I honestly think, mate, even if you took that away from me i'd never want that taken away from me but you know what i'm saying yeah even if you stripped it back i i couldn't do it and i don't think many people could deep down speaking to him and knowing exactly what that what that takes and what it's just it takes a very very special type of person as it does to to sort of be successful in in sport elite sport or to be successful as as whatever your chosen thing is it's that sort of top 0.5% 0.5% of people that will really sort of go the, those extra miles and, and, and they stand head and shoulders above. And, and he's definitely one of them in that, like, mental... Can you imagine me maintaining his hair, like, abroad? <laughs> in tropical, like, no. No. <laughs> it's not going to
0: no. happen. Um, ter- someone like Terry Hearn's exactly the same in a different sort so- of style, identical thing. Well, we've talked about all this the other day. I think our phone call the other day, we should have just recorded that, really. I
1: don't think much. Oh, of that.
0: Yeah. One's well, <laughs> it, <mate. laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go because I know you're off to Cornwall, aren't you? Are you going tonight or tomorrow morning?
1: No, no, we're gonna drive early hours of tomorrow morning. Hopefully, when the uh, when the girls are asleep in the van, oh. is that gonna happen, Jimmy? What it's time? not. Is it? What time are you getting up? I, I, mate, I'm okay with no sleep. I, my, I've had kids for long enough that I don't need sleep, so I reckon we're going to go about three in the morning, maybe. Oh, that's a hard one, isn't it? When that alarm goes off. <laughs> Not for me. I'm used to it, mate. Like, yesterday, I got up at, like, two. <laughs> got up at two to go to Nash. I have to drive from Manchester to Essex, mate. Two is in that, the morning is the time to leave. How long does it take? Four and a half hours, five hours? Depends on traffic, mate, really. But how often do you have to go there? Once a week? Depends when I, again, It's as I said, I'm so lucky with my, my job. I could, I, can, I, can, I could go every week if I wanted to go, but I don't have to. I can go as and when I need to go and film a podcast or, or do whatever. And then in between, um, so the week before last, I was filming up near me on Clearwater Fisheries. I was filming a, a fishing piece, not a podcast piece, but me actually fishing for, for a Nash production. So there's loads of little bits like that in between as well. So like your job, you do different bits and it, and it's, it's nice, mate. It's a good mix. I'm just going to show you one more picture
0: and let you go because it is um, a wicked picture of a pike. It's one of my
1: favourite pictures that you sent. Can you see it? Yes, man. Yes. How big was that pike? I to be honest, I don't really, even now with carp, I don't really weigh many fish. Don't like, you uh, really? No, I'm not really a weigher, mate. Um, not, I don't know, I was, don't get me wrong. Um, carp especially, not now. Like, my PBs through just being lucky enough to fish some some mega venues are pretty high I, I i wouldn't weigh anything like yeah i went like that filming piece i didn't weigh any of those like it, it'd take a fair bit for me to weigh it but Pike the same lot, like, i just think there's they're that impressive i don't feel the need to
0: Put a number on him? Do you know what I mean? I it's got to be I a late twenty, though, isn't it? It's got to be twenty-five. I have clue,
1: mate. No, got, no oh, idea. If it it's was anywhere near makeup. thirty,
0: I've always wanted to catch a thirty-pounder, 30, mate. No, it's not, not, not a thirty. Fair. It's twenty. It can't be far off
1: twenty-five. I don't know, mate. Is it like again, like I think the photography helps. I had Lewis Porter yeah. out. He now works at Quarter doing that, so he probably made it look. It's like, only three as as pounds. Probably, that's Seventeen. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm tiny, and I'm tiny, which is brilliant. Makes every single fish look massive. Well, I'm six foot four, so we're never going to get a little.
0: We're never going to get a TV show together, are we? Of course we will, mate. I stand on your shoulders, mate. let to <laughs> get four yellow pages out or something.
1: I'll be absolutely fine, mate. Yeah, no, that'll <laughs> work, mate. But yeah, you've got to love a bit of pike fishing, like absolutely brilliant things. So impressive.
0: Yeah, we've got to get out in the autumn, winter. I'm going to get out. We're going to do some pike fishing. Because um, it is for new anglers that have never been fishing before, it's slightly more complicated. You really need to get out with someone,
1: didn't you, with treble hooks and stuff. It's probably best just to yeah. just get out and with someone. And just how they're like, even though they look like absolute savage beasts, they are delicate, mate. So you need to know what you're doing, really. Hassan, you've been an absolute legend.
0: Thank you so much for your time.
1: No, thank you. Um, the two extra viewers from this podcast hopefully <laughs> will turn up to, to listen to your next one, mate. I'm sure uh, no, they will, mate. You know, what, what, we're
0: go- what we're going to do, Hassan, because I know for a fact, uh, we're not going to talk about it now, but you have been out filming some new TV shows and bits and bobs. There's there's, there's more interesting things on the horizon for Hassan Khan, and I think we have to get you back on have a chat about that sometime.
1: Yeah, mate, definitely. I think it's in the Angling Times this week. What are we in? Second to last week of August. Yeah, there's a, a little feature about it. But we'll definitely, yeah, I'll come back on, mate. Like, Well, yeah, it's an invite that I'll gladly I'll receive. mate. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed talking randomness to you. I'm sorry if I've waffled on too much and bored you, mate.
0: No, mate, it's really nice to, um, it's nice to, well, we all talk on the phone, but it's nice to see that smiling yeah. face. And um, as I say, it's probably the most sensible conversation we've ever had.
1: 100%, mate. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. No one swore. No one swore at all. Oh, do I swear? <laughs> do I swear? Do I, do I.
0: Come on, mate. Right. I want, if I don't see a picture of a big bass in the next week on Instagram, I'm going to be very disappointed with you. I only
1: fish now to put images on Instagram. That's all I do. <laughs> the sad thing is people do, though, don't they? It, it, it becomes <laughs> if, a bit if, of a thing... If I catch a big bass, I will send a photo to you. I don't think any of my photography on some rocks potentially or on a beach on my own will be Instagram-worthy. I'll leave that to the media team at Nash um, that are not with me. So you'll (laughs) definitely get one if I do catch one.
0: So what ragworm are you going to ask for, Hassan? Doug. Yes! Doug. Doug. (laughs) Doug.
1: (laughs) That's Rag. Hassan. You'll just do it. You've got commission at some tackle shop down, <laughs> down in Cornwall, do not you? <laughs> it's like a wind-up. You're going to go in there and they're all going to laugh at you. that going to be £4,200, please. Big love. Thank you, mate. Take Bye, care, everybody. Guys. Thank you for listening.
0: Bye-bye. Cheers. There we go. That was Mr. Hassan Khan. Just thank you so much, Hassan, for coming onto the show. I mean, Hassan's just been a massive help. He's so supportive of the Angling Trust. He is an Angling Trust ambassador. Um, a big thank you to all our Angling Trust ambassadors because you all just make such a big difference to all of our campaigns that we run. So... Um, Big love to all Angling Trust Ambassadors. Now, if you're listening to this podcast uh, like as it's been released, you've only got a couple of days left until National Fishing Month is over. It finishes at the end of August. Um, we have run, I believe it's over 250 events, um, which is a lot of events in one month. But we have seen so much people posting to uh, our Get Fishing social pages um about all the different trips and their first fish and it's just really really positive stuff uh massive thanks to Jody kid um if you follow our get fishing pages uh you're seeing a little Jodie kid video and some pictures she went out fishing with her son and her mum Um, we've also got uh take friend fishing that has been running for five weeks already it's going to run until the 5th of September so what this is uh, existing fishing license holders can take a friend fishing for free this is courtesy of the environment agency because that's where you get your fishing licenses from Um, so you haven't got long left so if you're an existing angler take a friend fishing and use the hashtag take a friend fishing. Don't forget to tag us on Instagram at getintofishing and we will share to our stories. Um, right, that's about all we've got time for. Do head over to anglingtrust.net and look at all the different work that the Angling Trust are currently doing. There's all sorts of bits and bobs happening. Um, there's loads happening with our participation team at the moment. Uh, we've had Probably one of the busiest summers ever. It's been a very positive summer, and what I think it is because we've had the COVID. I know COVID's still about a bit, but we're sort of able to get out this summer and, and do the things that we can, sort of in a safe, socially distanced way. But um, we're out meeting people, we're doing things. I think the last 18 months has been well, it's been hard on all of us, it's been hard on me. Um, but it just feels this summer we could all get out, we can enjoy ourselves, we could sort of meet up with friends, we can do things again. Uh, I just think the world's feeling a little bit more of a positive place. That's all we've got time for. Do give us a subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, as most of you do, don't forget to head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Get Fishing TV. And when we're talking to guests and we're talking about different fish and bits and bobs, basically we have the pictures of the fish up on the screen so you can kind of see what's going on. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast provider. And when when we get a new episode out, basically it downloads straight to your
1: device. That's all we've got time for today, gang. Thanks for checking it out.